What drives you? What inspires you? Let's ignite your why. Welcome to Ignite Your Why podcast. I'm your host, Austin T. Gullett, and we're here to have genuine conversations with authentic people to help amplify their voice and figure out what ignites their why. Today, we have Aaron Hunter with us. He was born and raised in Middletown, Ohio, and he's a former collegiate athlete where he played soccer at Wilmington College. He has many years of coaching under his belt, but he also co-hosts a podcast called CDB Podcast. Culturally Diverse Boys. Aaron, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic, Austin. How are you doing, bro? You know, living my best life, like always. <laughs> I can see it. You know, chilling, killing, vibing. <laughs> I know, this is a vibe, for real. Got a long day tomorrow. So. Oh, so excited. <laughs> Work almost 12 hours tomorrow, but <laughs> welcome to sports. <laughs> I mean, let's just hop straight into this, man. So what is your story? Who is Aaron Hunter? Boy, that is a very uh, broad question. So I can try and brief it out as as, as best I can. I was born and raised in Middletown, Ohio. Um, It is the name uh, that is well-placed on this town. So it, it literally sits... Uh, in between Cincinnati and Dayton. So it being equidistant, Middletown made the most sense. Um, it, uh, it was a blue-collar town. So when I uh, was born in Middletown, there was a steel mill that was there, and that was pretty much um, 60%, if not more, of um, you know the people that worked in that, in that town. And uh, unfortunately, uh, when this, a lot of this steel mill work moved out of the town, um, it actually, you know, it, it really stunted the growth of the city. Um, so for me, it was like, I, I have to find a way to be bigger than where I am. Um, and uh, the thing that kind of, for me, was sports, right? Um, so I originally uh, started playing soccer. It was uh, one of the first sports that I played. Uh, I started at the age of six. Um, and really played it all the way up to the semi-professional level. Um, and the reason why I kind of started off in that realm, uh, I remember, you know, being young, growing up in Middletown, uh, single parent home, but uh, I was raised by, you know, women. I was raised by my grandmother, my aunt, and my mom. And being raised in a house full of black women is an experience that very few have the opportunity to, you know, grow up in because they are very strong willed, they're strong individuals, but collectively they instilled so much love, passion, support into anything that I was doing. And um, I remember when I went to high school and I uh, was playing as a freshman, playing freshman soccer, and I had a coach that actually uh, this was during a practice, right? It was after at the end of a practice. Um, and I remember him saying to me to this day, uh, he was like, black players are not good at soccer. There's there's no. But in my mind, coming from Middletown, I thought this was like, you know, gospel of Paul. And uh, I remember just being so distraught, wanting to actually quit that day um, and not do anything from that. And luckily, 
My mom brought me home. I told her what had happened. And she pulled out an Encyclopedia Britannica, and that's how old I am, so I'm kind of dating myself. But uh, she pulled out an Encyclopedia Britannica and showed me a picture of Pele, right? And uh, she said, look at him. Look at his skin. Look, he is arguably one of the greatest players to have ever played the sport that you play. And he looks just like you, if not darker than you. Don't let anybody tell you you can't do something. So I wanted to prove, you know, that coach at the time uh, who was there, who like soon after got let go, um, you know, I wanted to prove him wrong and I wanted to play, you know, beyond just high school. I didn't I I love the sport so much um, because I played, you know, baseball, I played basketball, but soccer is what really like I, I loved it. I was very it like into the sport and I, I blossomed late, but it was because it was, I was learning as I was going and there was so much that was being taught to me in such a short amount of time, but my athleticism got me to a place to where I could still hang, so to speak. But as I went on to play select club, you know, playing outside of Middletown, playing in Centerville, um, I, I got around a lot lot better players. But what I started to realize is that they were financially more capable of being able to go to those showcases or being able to, you know, go off to certain tournaments, like being in a single parent home, my mom was working, you know, for the Ohio Department of Corrections. And she was also in the military. So, for me, it was, you know, I, she, sometimes she wouldn't be able to go to tournaments with me. I would have to go, you know, with like one of the other families, I would have enough to be able to spend to go there. But I knew while I was there, I was on a mission, right? I was on a mission to not only be seen, but to play the best that I could. Um, but then I started to see other stuff outside of that, but it just took a little bit longer to get to it. So um, short answer. Yeah. That it, it molded me a lot in, in being in Middletown, growing up in a blue collar town, uh, it's hard work gets you much further. Right. But then you start to figure out when you get around the right people, you can open up other doors that you may have not necessarily had access to. That's wild. Because like, when I think about playing sports growing up, like soccer was never, my passion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my passion in sport was basketball. So basketball to me is like what soccer is to you. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you're playing, it's like you're in your own world. Yep. And nothing else matters. And I think like it's a testament to like your mom because I feel like single moms especially do not get the credit that they deserve. Um, they, not at all. They bust their ass off to provide for their child and – Props to single moms out there. So if you're a single mom. Props to single parents out just, there, yo. Yeah, props just, to single parents. because so true. There, there's been times, and I even had a few teammates that, uh, you know, uh, you would see their dads there. And, you you know, they would talk about their experiences. And I won't go into too much detail. But you understood that, like, they lived in a single parent home. But they also played uh, very similar to how I did and had the same mentality as, like, Nothing I'm getting is given to me for free, so to speak, or I'm not like it's not fed to me 
by a silver spoon. So I'm going to work my ass off to make sure that I get the same recognition as those where it's like they don't have to worry about anything away from the sport. That struggle's not there necessarily. So, hey, that's one thing I always say is like youth sports, the price for youth sports are ridiculous. No, I, I, bro, we talk about this more than anything. I know we've talked about the American sporting system. I'm, I think it needs a, a complete overhaul. I think a lot of our best athletes aren't even playing the sports that they would like to because they're priced out. Exactly. And it's why like I'm passionate about it. It's like I want every kid to have an opportunity to play, no matter where you come from, what you look like, or anything about that nature. It's like, why can't we give kids the resources they need to be successful? Right. Makes no sense to me. And it's not only just the kids, it, it, which that that's a very integral part. It, it's also the coaches, right? Because and it's same thing with like teachers. If you're if you're looking at teachers and teachers are supposed to develop the next wave of individuals that are either going to be doctors, uh, lawyers, whatever it is from any professional, you know, acumen, so to speak. But you're not giving the tools, not only just to the players, you are hindering the people that really want to make an impact on them being the coaches or the administrators. So when finances aren't there, which unfortunately that's just the society we live in, but now they have to make a decision. You know, can I play hockey if the equipment is this expensive? Can I play, you know, baseball if I need to get this, 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 or can I play basketball or maybe football you know, maybe I might have someone on the team that realize or their parents, which I've had this happen, not only from like a playing uh, my own personal experience as a player, but I've also seen this from a, my experience as a coach where there were certain kids that were just amazing players, but you knew they didn't have the full resources. So, you know, lucky, luckily for them and the team itself, we had some parents step in. And, you know, hey, we'll we'll cover this cost for, you know, this player so that we can get him to the showcase because we think he's good enough to play at the collegiate level. But we got to make sure just to get him in front of somebody. So, you know, and, and it stinks, too, because it's you don't want to price kids out from a future that they, that you see for them. And I think that's where we kind of sit right now. So messed up. This terrible, bro. <laughs> but hopefully, like, things can get better. Things can change. Absolutely. Like, let's just hope and pray that one day we can get to a place where kids don't have to worry and coaches get the resources they need and just everyone gets that fair opportunity. Absolutely. And that's what it's about is giving everyone a fair opportunity. So you sat here and talked about how soccer was your passion and how, mm -hmm. like, that was your way out. So a lot of kids dream of playing in college. Mm -hmm. So what was it like for you when you first got that scholarship offer? Um, I, to be honest, man, it, it was very different um, from what I, ex I would say it's different from what I expected because I played at the division three level. So it, 
a lot of the scholarship opportunities weren't from an athletic standpoint. It was from like a educational standpoint and then understanding how important that aspect of being an athlete is, because if you're not eligible, then, you know, it doesn't matter how good you are as a player based on where we are in society that we are in and the sporting setup that we have, because, you know, even though you play club level and then there's college and then there's professional there, there's a, there's a stopgap. So you have to be able to be in those rules, but it was, it was crazy because I remember the day that I went off to school, um, we went about two weeks early. So all of this, uh, fall student athletes, uh, went on campus about, we went a, about a week early and then, all of the incoming students uh, came in like the freshmen. And then, you know, a couple of days after that, that's when all the rest of the students came in. Um, so it, it was very unique. But then being able to see like, oh, OK, this is a step up. Right. But my whole thing was I'm there to compete. And if I'm lacking in one realm, maybe tactically, I'm not up to par with what I'm seeing or speed skills, whatever it is, I will match that. I will work harder than anybody. Right. And I don't need to tell you I'm working hard. You'll just see it because when I, you know, you can be faster than me. Cool. Now, tactically, I know where to stand. So if I can keep the distance between you and the goal, you and the ball, all of those things, I'm starting to just get everything to turn. So, and uh, I have to give a huge shout out to one of my assistant coaches. Uh, his name is Kurt Coin, And I take a lot of stuff away from sports, but I utilize it to life as well. And he's like, after a certain point, you play soccer like you play chess. I was literally just about to say that. <laughs> you play soccer? I was literally yeah, thinking bro. that. I was like, damn, he's like playing a game of chess. Yeah. it's. I think that's what sports are, though. It's like it's a big – you always want to be one step ahead. It's 3D chess. It is absolutely 3D chess. That's and every sport, though. It, it is literally every sport. You want to be one step ahead of your opponent every in every aspect mm-hmm. of sports. No matter what game you're playing, you want to be one step ahead. Right. Plain and simple. Absolutely. Like, it's that's like, just how it goes. Once you get to a certain point within sports or life, it's it's uh you're you're using all your steps and it's not just physical action, right? Or like what you're doing with your body, even though you're going a thousand miles a minute, if you're not thinking before you move, you're going to set yourself in a position to where you're taking steps, but they may not be the right steps forward, they may be backwards, right? Um, and you know, I've, I've had a lot of very, um, life learning experiences to where I've taken just action steps, but they've not been progressive for me. So then I've had to learn a hard lesson, then come back, then readjust, then try to do something else. Then I've had to go readjust on that too. Then it's like, all right, this is the actual move I was supposed to make. So on move four, now I got it. (laughs) <laughs> but if you don't make mistakes, you're never going to learn. Absolutely. And I think that's what people are afraid of is messing up. Oh, bro. And, but like, <laughs> I think like it's like as you get older, I feel like you become a little bit more comfortable. I wouldn't say you do. Become, right. Because I feel like it depends on the person. Uh, some people are very hard on themselves like myself. Some people are like, oh, 
Yeah, all right. Keep going. Yeah, all right. Well, I guess I got to turn around. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like it just depends on each person. So you talk about this passion of soccer, and I know you've, like, coached and everything, and Mm -hmm. it kind of leads into, like, your passion a little bit, I feel like, which leads me into my next segment. Uh, So the next question is, what inspires you, but most importantly, what ignites your why? Um, Again, kind of taking it from the sporting aspect, like, coming from soccer, using soccer as a way for me to experience more things in the world, um, I, I realized how much of a timeline I have as an athlete, right? So while I was coming out of, like, going out of college, first job I got was a director of coaching. Um, and while I was in college and while I was playing during the summers, I would coach as well. But it was just working around so many different coaches from different parts of the world um, and then being able to understand the impact. And and I think a lot of times, too, me just being closer in age to the actual players that I was coaching, um, it made me understand much, much quicker um, that I I also had a passion for teaching, but it was it w- it was weird, bro, because it was like I'm I'm learning, but I'm also teaching at the same time. So I'm learning, or I'm I'm learning twice as much, if that makes sense, right? And uh, yeah, of course, I can teach these players how to play in this formation or how to use this particular technique, but I'm also learning how to coach them or I'm learning how to guide them. So. You know, coming from soccer and then also implementing all of these things I'm learning on the fly or I have learned from the sport, I'm now using in my life. And the the why, um, I guess, short answer of it was that I, I wanted to help people attain the opportunities that maybe I didn't get or maybe it took longer for me to get those opportunities. So now it's like. I want to show you how you can have as many assets at your disposal so that you can do whatever you want. And you might want to do this from a sporting aspect. And you think that that only aspect is you being a coach or a player. That's not true. There's so many other things that you can do, but I was learning it at the same time. And I'm trying to tell these players like, hey, you know what? You got to figure out when you become a coach or an administrator, you got to figure out where you're going to practice at or if you got enough goals or players to practice with or if you got enough equipment. The logistics. Yeah, it's like all of those things come into play. Absolutely. And I think that's one thing people don't realize in sports is everyone notices the product that is on the field, mm-hmm. but they don't realize what goes on behind, behind the, the scenes. scenes. Absolutely. So like you have your marketing department, you have your communications department, you have your community relations department, you have finance, you have literally everything possible that like it's a collective group that literally makes everything happen. Absolutely. Like, yes, like players, they deserve all the praise like for winning and everything right. like that. But when you take a step back and you think like, oh, how does this organization operate? Absolutely. It's crazy to think. And I think that's one thing about coaching, though, as you talked about it, is like it's not only teaching them a sport, but it's teaching them life lessons within that sport. Absolutely. Because I feel like sports 
are so relatable to life uh, because you can fail, you can keep trying, you get knocked down, you get back up. Like there's so many things. You have your highs and your lows and that's just like what life is like. You have your ups and your downs and you just got to find a way to persevere and push through it. Absolutely. So, and, and, it, and the thing that you, and I think you keyed in on it is like sports is so relatable because there's a number of things that it probably occurred. Everybody's had their own experience with sports, whether or not they figured out, you know, early or late that they were going to be a professional athlete. Something got them into the sport, right? Or a sport, period. Um, but at the same time, too, you know, we we really like those stories where athletes persevere. Um, they go through a hardship. They deal with something that others would consider very difficult to do and they can ascend to a place that they either, you know, are successful in that sport or they found a different pathway that worked better for them. Um, and, you know, it also what helped me a lot is uh, when, you know, being with Wilmington, we went overseas and um, we uh, got to take a trip over to uh, Europe for about, I think it was 12 days. So we played five games while we were there, but it was also, um, you know, we got college credit while we were there as well, but we were learning about the ins and outs of sports from the European model. And that was my aha moment where it was like, Oh, this is more than just, so you guys are talking about, you know, the facility, the different people at the facility. We, oh man, I remember going to a PSV and, um, we were walking through the entire facility. We, we look at, you know, we've gone into their locker room. We've gone into where their, um, uh, fan club is we've gone to, we, we had lunch while we were there. And just being able to see like every part of that facility, um, but then look at the history, you know, meet with different people that held different titles within the, the actual organization. It was like, oh, my God, I did not realize that there were so many parts and pieces here. But I understand now that every part of this, like all of these cogs keep this thing running and no person like if. One person does their job poorly, it can have such a ripple effect across the entire organization. That's in every job, though. Yeah. I f that's not even just, like, sports. Like, that's literally anywhere you work. No matter what organization you're in, like, it's all a collective unit. And I think that's the thing is, like, teamwork. <laughs> it's cliche. Teamwork makes the dream work. It right? does. <laughs> but a lot of people don't. Like, it's, it's so – and. And that's the bad thing about like all of the stuff that's transpired here recently is just it, people have become more self-absorbed and not looked at like, hey, we are technically all on the same team. We're all on the same water rock floating in space. Right. So don't matter. We occupy an existence that we have to realize we are the same on the same team. We're in the same spot, bro. You might be over there. I'm over here. But at some point in time, we we coexist. So I need you to help me out so I can help you out. Period. That's it. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, nah, but I, tef- I definitely get it. And I think, like, sports play a role in how we view things. Mm-hmm. But even if you don't play sports, I feel like you can easily, like, learn. You can take you own. can take a lesson. Because everyone goes through hard times. Bro. Everyone goes through <laughs> shit they don't want to deal with. Sam, let me tell you about it. <laughs> but it's just, like... It's just how you roll with those punches, right. whether you're an athlete or whether you're just a person. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just a person, and it's just how you take those punches and roll with them, and that's just life. So, you mentioned uh, there's a lot going on in today's world, which there is. Um, 2020 was definitely very eye-opening and very crazy for a lot of people, just with a pandemic and everything else that transpired. Uh, but my question for you is... Uh, what was, how were you taking care of yourself? Like, what was it that helped you stay sane and get through all of these crazy times? Um, man, it was it was a lot. It, there was so much that was going on, and this is such a multi layered question. So, and, and I think it's a really good question. Um, with all the things that transpired, not only with the pandemic, but then you're also looking at, um, uh, things that happened with Breonna Taylor, George Floyd. Um, talking about racial inequality, um, you know, and discrimination, it was just trying to be honest. I I think that's the easiest way that I can explain it. It, It's multifaceted in that answer. Um, but it was being honest with myself, um, being honest with the people around me, also getting into podcasting. You know, I, I was lucky enough to connect with a few people um, that were doing their own podcast like yourself. But at the same time too, while I like sat in, I also was trying to learn simultaneously. So um, I, I would stay on YouTube trying to figure out like, Hey, what mics do I use? I would like to get into podcasting. I'd like to talk about sports. I'd like to talk about current events. I'd also like to talk about my own experiences. Um, no, but, I get that. Yeah, man. right? Like, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> when I was, like, debating on doing this, I was like, okay, I want to talk about sports. I want to talk about this, and I want to talk about that. But then I was, like, really thinking. Like, it was very, like, I had to talk it with, through it with someone. I couldn't just figure it out by myself. So, like, literally sat down with Devon, and I was like, okay, this is my idea. Like, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But I knew I didn't want to put myself in a box. If I made it a sports podcast, then I'm only reaching a particular audience exactly and i didn't want that so it was like okay like if i want to talk about sports maybe i'll have someone who enjoys sports on my my podcast so i get i get that aspect but i'm sorry i couldn't no 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 absolutely (laughs) because like part of it part of it too like even with uh so the podcast that i do i co-host with uh two other gentlemen we all live in different states and uh, originally, we got brought together by, uh, you know, the, the, my co-host, Chris, who he had his own podcast, but he had taken a step back and he was kind of in the mindset that I think a lot of people are, where it's like he, he felt a little bit uh, stagnant. But at the same time, too, he wanted to include more voices. So he reached out to me, reached out to uh, other co-host, uh, Omar, and um, we all just like hit it off. Right. And, and it was very organic. You know, it's a lot of stuff that like we talk about. We we're across all spectrums. We talk about music. We talk about um, current events, politics. We talk about anime. Um, but it's all things that we are very 
interested in. And at the same time, too, um, we we come from different walks of life. But the reason why we tried to and, and we pit, and we stuck with the name CDB podcast, which is short for culturally diverse boys, um, we wanted to show that, you know, people of color are not monolithic to where we're either in entertainment, we're an athlete or we're a dope dealer. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that could be anybody, but it just so happens that this weird stigmatism lies with predominantly black people, even though that's not the case. So for me, it was trying to learn more about myself, learn more about my culture, um, but also teach it because I, I feel like we're at a, a place where there's not enough discussion about things that are stereotypical or uh, politically incorrect, and it makes people uncomfortable. I want you to live in an uncomfortable position because I've been uncomfortable for the majority of things that I've had to deal with. And it's not just like, oh, I grew up in a single parent home. No, no, no. I grew up with a single parent who also told me, you need to be careful of how you move when you leave this house. Like I remember being maybe nine years old and uh, what I thought was, you know, something innocent where a cop offered me a ride. My mom was like, no, I don't ever want you to do that again. And it, and I'm like, what, what, what's wrong? And it was like, just the look on her face and I didn't understand it, but now I do. And then to try and like pass that information on to someone that doesn't come from my culture that they don't get why she was as adamant about how she was or to me, her child who is under the age of 10. And she's like, I don't want you to do that. Don't ever do that again. Right. So it, 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 it's very tough but at the same time, too, like for me to be taking care of myself and then also being a dad, because uh, this past year, it wasn't just all bad. Um, you know, my daughter was born. I've also got uh, a, a son who's older. So he got to meet his little sister. He loves her to death. Um, he's excited to have a little playmate. Right. Um, meaning like his, 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 he, he's got someone that's there. And I, and I felt so bad because it was like he was starting to come into his own. Um, but I knew that he like felt so detached from like being around kids and trying to like keep him safe. We don't know what's going on with this pandemic. Um, so it was a little bit difficult in, in that sense. But at the same time, too, it's like I'm trying to teach him. I'm also trying to make sure that he's OK. But I'm also trying to make sure that I'm setting a good example for what I want him to do. You can do anything you want, buddy. Same thing with my daughter. Y'all can do whatever you want, but I want y'all to understand that you have to go make it happen. No one is going to hand it to you. If I'm in a position to where, you know, this podcast thing works out or whatever else that I'm, you know, working or whomever else I'm working with or whatever else I'm doing, that it, it gets to a position that I can financially be able to just be like, hey, here you go. But... I'm not going to give it to you right away and just, you know, oh, thanks, dad. No, 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 no. I worked hard for that. You've got to earn it in some way. 
I got to get you to a point to earn it. But I need you to also understand you can go get it whether or not I give this to you. <laughs> I like feel like when people become parents, it changes them. Yeah. It changes your outlook on life. This is just from an outsider looking in. I have yeah. no kids, y'all. <laughs> I don't have kids. Right. But, like, I can see, like, when my friends are having kids and anything of that nature, like, their whole mindset changes because it's like, okay, like, now I have to provide for this little human. Exactly. This human. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to provide for them. And it's like, you want to set an example. And I think, like, your whole life aligns, whether it was, like, you were a soccer player, but then you turned into a coach, and now, like, you're a father. So, like, you're not a coach anymore, but you're still... Yeah, bro, I'm always of, coaching. I'm always coaching, bro. Because I feel like parents, <laughs> parenting is a form of coaching. Absolutely. In a sense. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. That, bro, that, you know what's crazy is I think that is probably the greatest example given for what you... Like, what people are when they become parents. Because... You are a coach. You are trying to give the best tactics that you can. You're also trying to get um, the best practices, the best um, executions from your quote-unquote player or your kids. But at the same time, too, you can't go out and play the game for them. You can only just sit on the sidelines and watch them either win or lose. And the best thing you can do after that is just put your arm around them and say, Hey, it's okay, buddy. Yeah, it's cool, <laughs> but we got some work to do, right? So, you know, you're absolutely right. Being being a coach, it it does align with also being a parent, but this is probably the first time that I've ever actually paid attention to how both of those things correlate. Um, you're welcome. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> 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 nah, but... I just first want to just say thank you. Yeah, thank um, you for having me. Thank you for hopping on, sharing your story. I always find it interesting hearing other people's perspectives and mm-hmm. different point of views. And I feel like I got to know you a lot better. Like I, like we've talked here and there, but we never really like died. Yeah, like we didn't. We didn't up, like you know? you know bang the pavement, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> so if people want to continue having a conversation with you about anything that we talked about today, whether it's soccer, coaching. Anything else that we talked about, your podcast or whatever it may be, uh, what is the best way for them to get a hold of you? Oh, man. Uh, find me on Facebook. Um, you can follow me on Facebook uh, at Aaron Hunter um, or Ahun the Shogun on Facebook, uh, where I usually go live doing Twitch, probably going over stuff just from my own personal experience and perspective. Also, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at uh, Ahun the Shogun, as well as find uh, my podcast, the CDB Podcast, on all DSPs. Thank you, Austin, for showing me how to use Anchor to Upload, bro. I appreciate you. All right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're welcome, man. Um, I'm going to put all of Aaron's information in the description below. Thank you guys for listening in, and always remember, find your purpose and ignite your why.